nyanyanya pa mba babwe zimbabwe <coughs> the broken bunsen burner burns so bright south jamie southeast asian peninsula hey, hey jamie yes i think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to Progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Zoom. Got ready this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about. The Xbox Series X is a console that now exists. I mean, not available to buy yet, of course, but the formerly referred to as Project Scarlet, or is it Project Anaconda? I don't know. I really don't care. The point is, is that we now know what one of the next-gen consoles is going to look like and what it is called. On top of that, the Mac Pro is now available to purchase and order, and a few things have been revealed about it. And more interesting enough is what happens when you compare it to other PCs. But first, let's talk about how the Ring camera has a vulnerability. Let's talk a little bit about Ring first. Ring is a small startup that started with a very basic concept. You have a doorbell with a camera built in it. Someone rings the doorbell. You can see who it is. You can talk back to them. And, you know, if if you're a super fancy, you had a smart lock system, you could even just unlock the the door for them as soon as you knew it was good. You could feel like a millionaire. Wow. It was kind of a neat little, little thing, and it was basic tech that really was just kind of a convenience factor. It was was cute. Then Ring made a discovery that people trying to break into houses first ring the doorbell to see if anyone's home before they break in. This led Ring... Well, actually, it led Amazon to buy Ring and then have that thought and then turn Ring into a security company. Like you can get a keypad, you can get motion sensors, door opening detection devices that have a term that I'm not sure what it is, so I'm calling it a door detection opening device. Like you can build out a whole security system very similar to like Assembly Safe or, you know, a long-standing security company that Honestly, I wouldn't recommend. As having to deal with these very security companies in my actual job, I hate them all. They are terrible. Terrible. Well, here's a fun fact for you. Whenever Amazon does anything tech-related, it's pretty jank. Think about it. Their Prime Video service pretty much works well enough. Their tablets are functional. The Fire TV system, it's it's okay. Twitch. 
I'm telling you, Twitch be, tw- be twitching didn't start becoming an actual phrase until after Amazon took them over. Before then, Twitch, you know, they, they did their thing. Stuff came out eventually. But they, they never, like, pushed the boundaries. When Amazon took over, oh, God, they pushed the boundaries. We want all the features. Every year since Amazon took over, there are just waves of huge updates, and all of them barely work. And yes, I know technically I'm a subcontractor for Amazon by being a Twitch affiliate. I don't care. There is nothing that says I have to praise the people who pay me. No. Your system is terrible. Make it work better. Heck, I have an Echo Dot right here. In the studio. I only use it as a gag. Right now it's muted. I probably should actually unmute it. So that whatever... Echo technician overhears me because, of course, as we all know, they're all listening in. Can actually go and report, hey, you suck! And that's why you shouldn't use Ring as a security service. Because, lo and behold, the podcast Nullcast did, in fact, reveal... some big exploits in the entire ring ecosystem. An attacker can, in fact, take control of each of the devices and watch through said devices and send audio through. If the attacker was a complete jag, you could do some very, very mean things. With this kind of vulnerability. In fact, heck. One attacker even tried to threaten. Owners of this security system. And tell them to pay them. 50 bitcoins. Which by the way. Is not cheap. And yes, I am still annoyed that Bitcoins have value. It still makes no sense. They're literally nothing. Nothing. And each one's worth like 15 grand. I digress. That's a rant for another day. So there you go. Here's a recommendation for you. Do not... Under any circumstances, go with Ring as a security provider. Because as I'll go through over and over and over again, and until Amazon proves otherwise, I will say it. Tech that is oversought by Amazon is 
jank, almost as jank as Chinese bootleg tech. Let's shift gears a little bit. Oculus has revealed a new feature from Facebook that, well, uh, requires you to sign in to Oculus through Facebook. Wow. Yep, that's great. That's that's what I wanted to do. And in fact, early on, when Oculus was being bought by Facebook, they said, these two divisions shall be kept separate. No, 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 no. You will never be t- targeted for ads using Oculus. What's the one thing I taught you about Facebook? What's the one thing I keep teaching you? If there's only one thing you're going to learn from me, it's this. You never trust Facebook! Ever! Ever, ever, ever! Because every time that Facebook tries to gain your trust, guess what they do? They punish you for it. Every single time we attempt to trust Facebook, they go out of their way to punish you for giving them your trust. Stop it. I don't care if they're the biggest media platform. I don't care if I could grow my stream and this podcast by advertising on Facebook. Stop it. Actually, you know what I should do? I should make a dummy account. Put a supercut of every single negative story I've ever made on Facebook. So actually, just link the entire podcast, because I'm pretty sure every episode at least has one. And then post that on Facebook. That's what I should do. But I gotta make sure it has none of my information. And I need to do it from, like, a spare computer that was freshly reformatted that has nothing on it through a VPN... Through my cell phone connection. And then after I set that all up, I need to delete and reformat that laptop. But what's that? You just want to enjoy yourself and Facebook is super convenient and... I mean, you're just a, a crazy guy who who who's just has it out for Facebook. Uh-huh, yep, you're, you're right. It's just me. I definitely don't have another story followed up behind this to help prove my point. Oh, wait, I do. Because literally two days, two days after this Oculus announcement, a thief stole an unencrypted hard drive filled with the information of 29,000. Employees information. 
Facebook doesn't care about your data. Facebook doesn't even care about their own employees' data. Hard drives, not even in RAID. Think about this for a second. The hard drives weren't encrypted. And if the thief was able to get off with them, that means they weren't even in RAID. You put things in a RAID 5, you need to try and reconstruct the RAID in order to get any usable data off it. RAID in itself is a form of encryption. Not a good one, mind you. It is not technically encryption, but because every RAID controller in its own in the own way it works can in fact be a way of data protection. And lo and behold, nothing! Facebook doesn't care about your information, doesn't care about my information, doesn't care about grandma's information, it doesn't care even about their own information. 29,000 people now doxxed. Because the bare minimum was not done. So tell me again why I'm a big meanie picking on Facebook. I'm not trying... To hurt them every chance I get. I report this because people need to know. The sole purpose of Facebook when push comes to shove is to harvest your data, to sell you ads based on that data, get you to willingly volunteer all that data. sell it to the highest bidder and they suck at doing that too. Speaking of other vulnerabilities, Intel cannot catch a break. There is just no other way to say it. There has been a new hardware vulnerability that has been exposed that is that affects not the latest Intel chips, but like, I want to say the 8000 series. Da, 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 da. Quickly skimming through the thing. This article actually specifically does not say. But honestly, the attack is very odd. By using certain versions of the undervolting systems of Intel CPUs, this is them restricting the amount of voltage they go to themselves to ensure that when you're not utilizing the system at full capacity, it is not using as much power. 
Well, this attack uses the CPU in that state and then uses an exploit to access information in the cache that programs would normally not be allowed to access and then plunder said information. Thus, the name Plundervolt. Fortunately, I know that my 10-year-old system is immune to it. Ha, ha, ha. And that, well, odds are if you have a system that's affected by this, it is probably already patched without you realizing it. By the time we found out about this vulnerability, it was already patched through Windows. Nowhere if it was patched by various Linux distros or Mac OS. I assume so, except maybe on Mac. Because Apple's in denial about everything. But the point is, is that Intel just cannot catch a break, no matter how hard they try. By the way, the TGA Game Awards happened recently. I didn't I didn't watch them. Maybe I should have. Quite frankly, everything on this list is almost obvious. The only thing that's a bit of a surprise is that uh, the game of the year went to Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is just kind of... I don't know. I'm 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 usually not a fan of the uh from software games. I don't hate myself quite that much to enjoy those games. I mean, if you enjoy them, you know, kudos to you. I just see myself wanting to bust a table playing that. That and the the Dark Souls fans that I know just weren't really all that fond of Sekiro. Best Game Direction went to Death Stranding. No surprise there. Best Narrative went to Disco Elysium. I'm not sure what that game is. Best Action, Devil May Cry 5. Best Action Adventure, Sekiro. Best Role-Playing Game, Disco Elysium. And the list goes on and on and on. It's just like, eh, whatever. And yes, Fortnite did show up on the list as Best Ongoing Game. I'm not too surprised by that, considering the fact that Fortnite refuses to die. Just one time I'd like to see... Fortnite actually lose some popularity. I really would. Oh yeah, content creator of the year. Uh, Turns out it was not me, it was Shroud. Okay. All right, and then our last uh, story before we get to the break. China is employing a bold strategy in order to 
in order to fight against the U.S. bully. Uh, well, I hate using the word bullying, but bullying Huawei. Huawei, of course, has almost all but exposed themselves as being all for spying on people. I mean, they've they've helped in multiple instances. I mean, it's no longer a theoretically they do it. I mean, it's proven. It is all but proven. Not actually all but proven. It is proven. So what's China's response? China bans all foreign technology in government and public offices. So this hurts the U.S. by banning Dell, HP, Intel, AMD, pretty much every Microsoft, and pretty much Apple, pretty much every single piece of usable tech. Apple, uh, China chooses to ban from its government and public offices. So, if they're actually going to be truthful about this and not pull out, I guarantee you they're going to back off from this and secretly do it while still saying we ban foreign technology. Because, come on, you're really going to operate on ARM only? Do you hate yourself? Is that the purpose of the Huawei ATX motherboard? Because, I mean, that's it. That's the only CPU that is not foreign to them, is Huawei's ARM chip. ARM itself is foreign, as Unjust Banana in the chat reminds us. Actually, how are they going to get storage? South Korea does the overwhelming majority of storage. Does Huawei do SSDs? Oh, God, a Huawei SSD? Ugh. Like, a lot of people, like CNN, where I actually have this article from, are going, <gasps> See, we've been doing this all wrong. There, China's hitting back. We're never going to get to the end of this. I'm looking at this going, do it. Go ahead. Do it. I want to see it. You won't, though. Even though China does make a large amount of stuff, They don't design at all. The only exception being Huawei. Does that mean that Huawei is going to go steal the next ARM design when 
the next generation comes out because yeah <laughs> good luck with that china we're gonna take a break here when we come back yes we need to talk about the xbox series x and the infamous cheese grater Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, the next generation Xbox has been revealed. It is known as the Xbox Series X. I hate that name. I'll just bluntly say it. I hate that name. (laughs) That name is awful. You thought the Xbox One was was confusing. The Xbox Series X. Okay, have it your way. The Xbox Series X runs a, uh, to, to the surprise of no one, a custom APU, which does, in fact, have a Ryzen-based CPU. It better, if you had a working brain, you would obviously do that. As well as, I don't actually think they mention what generation the GPU is, but it's also from AMD. I don't think it's Navi. If it is Navi, then AMD is holding out on the rest of us. I'm just saying. Unjust in the chat says it's running Ryzen 2, which doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't. The thing is with uh, CPUs, and we saw this with the Xbox One, is that they always go for kind of an older CPU, but the newest GPU they can. And it has something to do with the efficiencies of a console. The thing everyone's talking about, though, is the look of this box it is a tower the exact dimensions have not been given to us yet i believe i could be wrong though but the width of it is about the same as an xbox controller it has the height of two optical disc readers It sits on very small feet and uses a Mac, a trash can Mac Pro-esque cooling style, pulling air from the bottom, expelling hot air from the top. Microsoft says it can be set horizontally so it can fit in your current stand. I don't think it will, though. 
not without being super awkward. And on top of that, I think if you do, you are going to lose a lot of the cooling efficiency. Because the design is clearly taking advantage of natural convection in addition to having an active cooler. Now, a lot of people have been hating on the Suzanne already. I mean, just some of the comments in the chat. I always needed a new stand for my glass table. It looks more like a a bludgeoning box. I've seen countless times it looks like a PC. And it does. It actually looks like a very boxy... Corsair 1, which is a pre-built system by Corsair with a very similar design. So here's my question for you, listener. Are you sitting down? I like this design. No, really, I do. I think this is actually a halfway decent design. I would have put the optical drive on the upper half of it rather than the lower half. I also think this is probably going to be a nightmare for those who want to put this where they used to put their VCR. And I know a lot of you have no idea what a VCR is. That's okay. That just guarantees... That you're not, that you're just too young. I'm sorry. I know I should probably just use DVD player or Blu-ray player. I'm going to say VCR because every single time we look at a DVD player or a set-top box or anything of that nature, the first thing we compare it to is a VCR. Actually, let's quickly explain what a VCR is. A VCR is a device that we used back in the old days to watch videos and also torture ourselves by trying to figure out how to set its clock. As it'll blink 12 forever. But seriously, I don't hate this design. I just think you're going to have to get creative and avoid the temptation of just setting it on the floor and suck up all the dust from your carpeting. I am curious, though, if the thing will overheat if you set it horizontally. But there you go. The Xbox Series X. Hate the design. I mean, I'm sorry. I hate the name. I don't hate the design. I kind of like it. And there you go. Intel is reporting that their newest high-end Core i9... 10900K 10 core processor will arrive in April 2020. And yes, it will not be a 10 nanometer part. It will, in fact, be yet another 14 nanometer CPU. So if you want to make a cool bet with your friends, 
Just tell them this. AMD is going to get even better, and Intel's not. I'm sorry, it's just truth. It's not even like, I am being an amazing tech foreseer. I am the great Nostradamus. No! You're still using old... You're still repackaging old tech. It's over. AMD already has a refinement of thir- of um what are they calling it? Second gen Ryzen? Third gen Ryzen? I forgot how they're phrasing it cuz it's confusing. The 4000 series Ryzen is going to be a refinement of the 3000 series Ryzen. They already have plans to make Ryzen better. And Intel is literally copying the strategy of old AMD and taking dying tech and adding more cores. Kind of funny how the tables have turned, hasn't it? Meanwhile, in AMD land, the RX 5500 XT has, in fact, come out and will be available for purchase probably by the time this podcast goes live. And it is an interesting card based on the benchmarks. A lot of people are going like, oh, it's not that good. It's actually not bad. Hear me out. The performance on the 5500 XT, there are two models, the 4 gig and the 8 gig variants. Okay? The 4 gig is at 170 bucks. The 8 gig is at 200 bucks. 200 bucks you start getting close to the 1660 Super. The 1660 Super is better than the 5500 XT. So the 200 variant is almost out. But that $160 variant, the 4 gig model of the 5500 XT, at $160 bucks for very close to the same price as the 1650 Super, it smokes it. And I mean, smokes it. This actually is a card for the budget gamer is a godsend. The only reason you would pick up a 1650 Super over the RX 5500 XT 4 gig variant And yes, I realize how confusing that that is, but guess what? This is the world we live in now with GPUs. The only reason to pick up the NVIDIA card at this 150-ish price point is if you need the NVEC encoder for streaming. It's a very good encoder, and I would highly recommend it if you're streaming. 
if you're not, if the purpose of the machine is not to stream, then this 5,500 all the way. So kudos to you, AMD. You have made a usable GPU. Congrats. Now just don't mess up and keep doing it. Because NVIDIA needs the same kick in the shorts like Intel did. Let's talk cheese graters, shall we? The Mac Pro is now out for purchase. And yes, some insane tech YouTubers have already bought them, and even more insane ones have fangirled over them. And they have been judged. That being said, though, now that we have the the specs, the configurations, the everything, the Mac Pro is a very fascinating device. First off, I thought it was going to be smaller than the old Cheese Grater Mac Pro. It's not. It's the same size. Now, who was it that was the YouTube fangirl? Uh, iCarly, I think I think her name was, did a side-by-side comparison. They are literally the exact same size. The only difference is that this new Mac Pro is a single socket system and has much more expansion. But there's a couple of things to point out. First off, the processors the Mac Pro uses, you cannot get from another system integrator. In fact, those parts are only barely kind of sort of showing up on the personal building market. Trying to build a part-for-part equivalent of the Mac Pro to compare how much of a markup there is was extremely difficult. But first off, are some of the settings, some of the configuration options you can have that are just kind of odd. First off, the Mac Pro, which is a tower, also does have a rack mount configuration. This would be the first rack mount computer Apple has built since 2000. And eight. That's kind of shocking to see Apple actually care about the pro market again. And I'm actually curious if this rack mount Mac Pro will have dual sockets or not. I am actually really curious, but you know, we'll 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 see. We'll see. I'm actually curious to see how that one's going to go down. It does appear to be a for you rack server though, which is that's massive. Use if you don't know is the unit of measurement used in a server rack for how much space they take up. 
the width of every single piece of server equipment is the same. It goes from one end to the other. Height-wise is measured in U. And that's the only unit measurement you care about. Most servers are 1U for for dense compute and 2U for versatile compute. 2Us is where you'll see stuff like GPU utilization or whatever. In fact, my old video editing server, Remder, was a 2U system. The Mac Pro is 4. It is thick in a rack. And if it's only going to be one CPU, that is taking up a lot of space for not a lot of compute power. That option, however, is $500 extra to be rack configurable. All right, well, what about the processors? The processors aren't available to buy from other system integrators. They use Xeon W's that currently don't exist in the current Xeon W loadout. Anywhere from 8-core to 28-core, and the clock speeds go down as the core counts go up. Clearly being a limitation of the cooling inside the system. Memory, you cannot max out the memory unless you get... 768 gigs you can't fill up you can't utilize actually no I think these Xeons are only 6 core channels so actually never mind you can use pretty much all the memory you want but if you want to fill up every single slot you're either going 768 gigabytes or 1.5 terabytes of RAM the GPUs well the base option is the 580X, which you shouldn't do, or the Vega Pro 2, which you cannot buy yet. You cannot buy the Vega Pro 2 from anywhere, making trying to compete against this machine very difficult. The storage options, honestly, the pricing isn't Terrible, but it's still outlandish. Like an additional $400 to upgrade to one terabyte is outlandish. To two terabytes isn't that bad for 800. That's actually close. For four terabytes, an additional 1400 is, if it's on a single stick, that's not terrible. $2,000 for the Apple Afterburner card, which is used as a dedicated hardware encoder for Final Cut. If you want wheels on this system, $400. For wheels! What is wrong with you? How do you justify $400 for wheels? Fifty dollars for the optional trackpad, hundred and fifty dollars for the trackpad and the mouse.
so here's the thing. Mac's usual strategy is that they have a base configuration that no one in their right mind would buy because it sucks. But they price it aggressively at the low end. So that if you tried to go to Newegg and pick out the parts yourselves, you'd find out that, you know, it's pretty close. But then the upgrades is where they kill you. This Mac Pro is the opposite. And the only reason it's the opposite right now is because no one has these processors. And no one knows how to compare against the Vega Pro. So I did a 28-core build-out, not the maxed-out one that was like 52,000. I did a $30,000 Mac Pro build-out that was 28 cores, 768 gigs of RAM, uh, 2 terabytes, and a Vadeon Pro Duo. Comparing that to HP and Dell... Their systems were $4,000 more expensive than the Mac Pro. And granted, that's because I had to go to Xeon Platinums, which just by the price amount is about, well, $5,000 more expensive than what the Intel Xeon Ws that that Apple is using are supposed to cost. So that's what happened there. If I go to a lower skew, say this $10,000 model I have here with a 3.3 gigahertz, 12 core system, 48 gigs of RAM, a Vega 2 Pro, a one terabyte SSD of storage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and compare it to, say, this Dell system that I built out, the Dell system having a... gigahertz 10-core system, which unfortunately, yeah, I was two cores short. Because unfortunately, for whatever reason, you go to a 4... They didn't have a 12-core variant, but the 14-core variant they had was 2.45 gigahertz base clock, and that's just not acceptable for this build. So we went two cores less. An RTX 5000 card, which out, which should, in theory, outperform the Vega Pro 2, despite having less RAM. 64 gigs of RAM, which is more than what we have in the other one. I couldn't get 48, so I went higher. And then an NVMe M.2 1TB PCI Express solid-state drive, which, by the way, on the Dell is front-mounted. So you could actually double up on that, raid one them, and then if one of them dies, in mid-operation, just pop one out, pop in a replacement, and you're ready to go. $4,000 less. Now, for the sake of fairness, let me go configure one with the 8-core model. And set everything else exactly the same. The Mac Pro is $9,099 with the 8-core CPU rather than the 12-core. So $3,000 less 
for less than the Dell. So what's my conclusion? Do not, under any circumstances, get a Mac Pro because you buy into some fanboy or fangirl telling you, it is the most powerful PC in the world. It is the most powerful personal computer in the world. Oh my god. It's so powerful. It's so, so big. It's not. You can build more powerful. The only reason to get it is because it's a Mac that you need to do real work on. That's it. The end. Now, about that Pro Display, though. Whoo, that Pro Display. That Pro Display starts at $5,000, by the way. With no stand or anything. Comes with a $1,000 stand. Or a $200 mount to a normal stand. Which doesn't come with it. But here's something they didn't talk about. There is a matte version of the screen. A non-glossy version of the screen. And they do it by, by quote-unquote, nano-etching the underside of the glass. And this process is so amazing, so unique you need to use a special cleaning cloth to clean it because if you don't, you can ruin it. By the way, this option costs an additional $1,000. $1,000 to give you an industry standard matte display that you cannot clean with anything but the apple cloth. I'm sorry, but if you bought this screen, you are a fanboy. I have done countless bits of research. You can, in fact, get screens with this quality for less than what Apple is offering. And they don't require a special custom cleaning cloth. Yes, quite. That being said, I am glad that Apple is back to making a display. I'm glad that Apple is back to pushing the boundaries of what happens in the professional market. Because quite frankly, without Apple being there, it has gotten fairly stagnant. But I'm sorry, $6,000 for a screen is stupid. It just is. And I have seen... So many people just fanboy and fangirl over this screen, and it's, I don't know, maybe it is just that much more impressive in person. 
I don't know. Maybe I'll have to actually go to the Apple store and actually be wowed by it in person. But that is that. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, let's get to the weird stuff. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Twitter is going to fund the development of open social media standards. What? (laughs) So apparently this is now Twitter's new pet project. The dawn of standards for social media. I, I I just Okay, yeah. The most unique social media platform out there is gonna develop open standards. I mean you let us know what those standards are there, buddy, and uh good luck trying to get people like uh Facebook to hop on board that because I mean Facebook has no idea how to even do basic data. Have fun with that. The Cybertruck's in for a rude awakening because, hey, you remember that whole thing where I said that uh, more than likely the Cybertruck is not going to be considered a light truck like the F-150 and therefore the stunt they pulled with the F-150 is completely pointless? Called it. Reports are coming out that because of the extra weight of all that steel, of all the batteries... It is more likely to be classified as a medium-duty truck, which is causing people to speculate that, wow, it's going to be closer to the F-250. Or the Chevy 2500 or the Dodge 2500. You want to know a secret? The F-250, 350, and 450 are all light trucks if it actually gets a true medium duty classification it is going to be closer to the F550 a commercial truck there are no residential medium duty trucks there aren't Because there are all kinds of regulations you have to meet once you are medium-duty. I drive medium-duty trucks for a living. Medium-duty trucks, do you know how much they cost to renew the license on? Do you know how much they weigh? A medium-duty truck has a gross vehicle weight classification between 10 and 13 tons. 20 
thousand pounds to twenty six thousand. I'm sorry, I think it's actually eighteen thousand to twenty six thousand is medium duty. Our our biggest truck at work is is twenty thousand. That's that's why that number came to mind. But I'm pretty actually, I think it's eighteen thousand. So nine tons is the lightest this cyber truck probably is no wonder it won a tug of war with the f-150 the f-150 is a ton the cyber truck weighs nine times what the f-150 does Just wow. On top of that, then, you've got a lot of weight you need to stop with this thing. That's just... Good job, Tesla. Good job. You played yourself. Intel claims they could reach 1.4 nanometers in uh, 2029. Their current roadmap says they are going to reach 1.4 nanometers in just 10 years. Intel, um, you can't hit 10. You've been trying to hit 10 for five years. Are you insane? What makes you think you're going to hit 1.4? Oh, man. Yeah, okay, Intel. uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Drew DK in the chat says, yeah, 2019, give or take 80 years. Yeah, that's, that's more like it. I mean, you go do you, Intel. Epic Games is officially too full of themselves. Epic has tried to file with the Android Play Store, hoping for a billing exception for their game. On Android and iOS both, all in-app purchases goes with a 70-30 split. The developer gets 70% of the money they make in in in-app purchases, and the platform gets 30% in processing fees and whatnot. This was in light of the fact that a lot of games are trying to launch for free and therefore get out of paying the platform they're on. So this way, they figured, hey, you know, you get the majority of it, we get our cut, since we have to do the processing and the back end and all that jazz, and there there we go, that works, right? Epic wants to submit for a billing exception. Netflix couldn't even get this exception. No one got this exception, but Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite will be the one to get that exception. Well, what do you think? You think they got it or not? By the way, spoiler alert. No! Of course they didn't!
You tried, Epic. You tried. That's all I can say to that. The Pixel 4 is automatically going to have a feature that screens robocalls. And, you know, we'll center your duo videos, but let's be honest. You want that ability to screen robocalls. I want that ability to screen robo. I want that ability now. I want that ability to screen robocalls right now. <laughs> Could you just imagine? I mean, I don't know how many you guys end up with. I end up with a ton of these calls. And granted, it got to the point where I got so many of them. I started messing with them and punishing them for wasting my time by wasting more of their time, which is wasting more of my time and becomes a vicious cycle. But I digress. I would love this feature, especially as my phone is being used more and more for work. This brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. Rumors coming out. That the Galaxy Fold 2 is going to support thin bending glass. So, foldable phones right now have the problem that they have to use a very thin plastic, which is very susceptible to scratching. And in fact, thanks to Jerry Rig everything on most scale of hardness, these screens scratch at a level 2, which means your fingernail can cause permanent damage to these screens that's how soft they are samsung thinks they have found glass that can bend and they will use that for the fold too well to quote um jerry rigged everything as well i want to remind you Glass is glass, and glass breaks. How many folds will it take to shatter that thin piece of glass? Yeah, it'll be more scratch-resistant. But is it shatter-resistant? I'm very curious to see how this will work. And what sort of super science they have developed in order to avoid the laws of physics. That's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find at iTunes, Google, and wherever you found this podcast as well. And I'll check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. We stream every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Take care, rest well, and as always, have a good day. Bye-bye.
So how exactly is bendable glass going to work anyway? Because, like, the one thing about glass is that it doesn't bend. At least glass that's worth anything. I know there's, like, plastic glass things that could have some give to them, but is that really what we're going to go with? The stuff that's built to shatter? The Fold 2 could end up being a disaster because of this. Just, just, why? Why? Uh... The laws of physics, the thing that's keeping us from making foldable phones.